Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy. First uh, John 2, 27 through 29. We're going to look at this. This is uh, how we concluded uh, last week, actually. Yes, First John 2, 27 through 29. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Remain in him. And this will be a great Sunday to get your Bible out or get your mobile device out, and you can look at that. But as the anointing comes and as we anoint people with oil, it symbolizes the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the presence of Jesus. As we anoint people, it just reminds us that God is giving us great wisdom, that God is for us, that God is making us strong in our weakness, that Jesus uh, intercedes for us, that Jesus is their advocate. And uh, speaking with some different people, as I have been able to do interviews, and I just think it's so uh, so incredible, so uh, needful. I can't think of the right word, but we just need to listen to others. Humility listens to those who tell stories. John Maxwell has a quote that says something similar, that we need to press in and hear other people's stories because that will just enlighten us to be more empathetic or just to share what we've learned to be true, to share God's love in a real way that is tangible, that people can hold on to. His anointing is with us. So you don't need me. You don't need a scholar. But what you do need is just the presence of God. It makes me think of an athlete that you need to hydrate. You need to fill yourself with a liquid, with water, preferably not with uh, Diet Coke as my sister does. Uh, That's not hydrating. Or if my mom is dehydrated, I say, Mom, you need to drink some water. And she says, well, I had some coffee. We aren't talking about that type of hydration, but the water, the pure water that refreshes, that hydrates you. I associate that with prayer. And then you need to eat. You need to fill yourself with some fuel so you can move. And that would be reading God's word. Are we reading God's word? Are we understanding what God has for us? And then as you begin to eat healthier and exercise, we learn to love God and to serve others, to love God and to serve others. And as we pray and read the Bible and love God and serve others, we understand that he's starting to fill us and his anointing is on us. And that's when in that uh, first part of the scripture says, as for you, the anointing you received from him, God remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. We can be self-sufficient in the sense that it can be God and us. But what great joy and hope it is. So it does not have to be a sense of isolation, but it could be solitude of God with us. And then God allows us and wants us and desires us to share his love with others. Like God desires for us to share that experience with others so that others can know that he loves us and that he is for us. Verse 28 of 1 John. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at um, at his coming. Verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. 
And I want us, us to look at 1 John 2.28, confident and unashamed before him. Can we be so confident before God that we don't come in guilt with our head low, but we come respectful, we come reverent, we come understanding that his salvation is for us, that our sin breaks his heart, that our sin was devastating to him, but we come to God knowing that he loves us in such a way that we can have confidence. We can have courage that we don't feel guilt, but we can know him. What I was alluding to earlier with the the interviews that I've been able to do, I'm going to um, uh, post a link to one along with a sermon on YouTube as I email every uh, Sunday after uh, service. And if you have not be re- been receiving those, just check your spam uh, folder because it may have gone in there. Or I know for some people, uh, they have found the sermons in there. But that is of Matthew Mayer. He was a professional soccer player. He made some bad decisions, extremely bad decisions, and he had to spend 55 months in jail. But now he's a pastor. God has restored him. God's reconciled him. God's redeemed him. And that redemption, that salvation is for all of us. And that anointing is God of God is on us and so that we can enter God's presence unashamed. We can be confident and courageous before God. We can understand that we can be reverent, but also be bold in God's presence. We can come with great authority knowing that God loves us and he is for us. 1 John 3, 1, we continue. How great is a love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. 1 John 3, 1, read it out loud in your own homes or uh, in your own head out loud as you can be. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, that God accepts us. God says we belong. God says we are forgiven. God says, I have an inheritance for you. I have a plan for your life. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. As we talked the last few weeks about this word, I have the key word study Bible and the Greek no. <clears throat> key word study Bible. Uh, sometimes we need to spend some money on something that will last. Uh, I like to spend money on great buys and discounts and thrift store items in Goodwill or the new uh, shirt, the new jacket that I got on sale and I saved $70 even though I had to spend $70. And that might not be the wisest. And maybe God would say, go get a study Bible. This has the Greek and the Hebrew as the original language was not written in King James. The original language was not written written in English. And we can open the Bible and we can begin to study. And instead of something that uh, fades or uh, goes out of style or that we don't want anymore, we can really understand the truth of God. And this word know in 1 John 3, 1, it means what we talked about, gnosko. It means to experience. It means to uh, have tangibly touched and felt and lived out and breathed and and heard. And that's the knowing that God has lavished his love on us. God has given us such incredible love for us. But Satan, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is like a lion looking whom he can devour. We look at John uh, 2.16, what we looked at last week. 
And it says that for everyone in the world, for the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This is where Satan comes to attack us. This is where Satan wants to destroy us. This is where God says he's lavished his love on us. He's made us more than conquerors. We are his ambassadors. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. This is God that loves us so much. Satan comes to us with trying to deceive us. And usually it's a thought that comes into our mind that we are supposed to take captive every thought and make the most of every opportunity. But too often we uh, allow something to come into our mind and it comes into through our eyes or comes in and it starts to harass our heart and our feelings. And we feel as though life is not fair. We feel as though we deserve something more. We feel as though my identity is not secure in who Jesus says I am. So we start to give way to the things of the flesh, the things of this world, the things that people say will give us great, um, great meaning, but it doesn't. All it does is destroy. It breaks away. It starts to fragment the very fabric of the hope that we have as gods in Jesus. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life guard against such things. God reminds us in Romans um, 8.1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you are one that has said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing to follow you. I'm walking after you. I'm striving to be like you. I want to know your identity for me. And I choose to live in that identity. I choose to go after you. God says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But what there is, there's great hope that you can go after Jesus, that you can find the truth of who he is, that you can know his love that is passionate for you. And even though you might be listening later through the Apple podcast, a Living Hope Wesleyan, or you could be uh, sharing, somebody share this with you from our YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and you're just wondering what meaning this has for you. Why would you even want this Jesus, this Jesus that Maybe you grew up feeling like he was against you, that he just wanted to tear you down, that he just wanted to send you through misery. We can understand that his love has been lavished on us. And we can know in verse 28 of Romans 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That whatever you're going through, the difficulty that you're facing, the admission that you made, the confession that you tell, that God is for you. God knew about this time before you were even born. God has promised to restore the years the locusts have eaten. God is saying that you are going to make it through. And even if not physically, even if we do perish in this world that most of us will, that God has a plan for our lives, a deeper understanding of who he is. And that's not a cop-out answer that Christians are supposed to say, but that is where people say, even in the biggest trial of my life, I know that God is for me. I think of Jan, who had ALS. And Jane passed away, and she shared her testimony at Crossbrook Middle School, and unfortunately it did not record. And 
But even in her final moments, she shared that even in death, she knew Jesus. She had hope. She was drawn closer to her faith, even though her life physically was passing away. She knew the eternal life was for her. And she would say to us that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And as we continue in Romans 8, 37 through 39, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, verse 39 of Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Whatever we go through, we are more than conquerors. We can know the hope and freedom of Jesus. We can share with others that, yes, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. Yes, we are tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We continue to fail and fall. We continue to struggle. We we want to do what's right, but in our own humanness, in our own selfishness, in our own ignorance, we do not understand or live in the fact that God has called us to an incredible purpose. God, is, God has made us more. But First John 3.1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That God has overwhelmed us with this truth. He's lavish. This is from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Expending or bestowing profusely. Expended or produced in abundance. Marked by profusion or excess. God has given us excessively more than we could ever ask or imagine. God wants us to know his love in such a phenomenal, phenomenal way. I was listening to a sermon, I think it was by Charles Swindoll, um, maybe it was Chip Ingram, I can't remember, and they were just talking about how it's like watching a, a game. Uh, we didn't grow up with cable TV or uh, satellite television, we grew up with uh, rabbit ears and uh, VHS, we actually had a Betamax to begin, and I thought that everybody grew up with snowy channel five NBC, but that's where the uh, Olympics were. And that's where uh, the NBA finals were. And so we would record games on that Betamax and later on a VHS. And then I'd go back and watch those games, uh, cloudy, uh, fuzzy, snowy. And I remember my mom would come in and say, are you watching a live game or, or is that recorded? And even now I find myself watching not just the highlights, but the full games of whether it's the Boston Red Sox, great background noise, or the Celtics, or some favorite teams, the North Carolina Tar Heels. I love watching their old games and my favorite players. <laughs> my mom would say, is that a live game or is that something that was recorded? And even though I knew the outcome, there were points in the game that I would get so nervous, even though I knew the outcome because it took place years before it was recorded in all the sports journals. I would still get nervous watching the game. That would kind of be like for those from 
uh, February 5th, 2017, in the third quarter, you saw a score of 28-3. to And watching that game again, that Super Bowl 51, you saw this score 28-3 in the third quarter, and you're like, oh... They're going to lose. Tom Brady has a chance to be the greatest of all time, but 28-3 to in the third quarter. Oh, my heart's sinking. Like, I'm going to shut this off. But that's from 2017. That's recorded. We know the outcome. We know that the New England Patriots, sorry, Atlanta fans, come back and win that Super Bowl, that they come back and they win in overtime, that they win the coin toss, that James White is phenomenal and Tom Brady is crowned the MVP. And we know, but watching in the third quarter, if you start wringing your hands, if you start breaking out in a sweat in 2020 from a game that took place in 2017 and we know the outcome, what good is it? We're just causing stress in our life and knowing how God has lavished his love on us. Yes, this is October 25th, 2020. But in God's timing, this is in the past. According to the Bible, we, we win. We win. We have freedom and there's hope and there's healing. It's not false hope. It's not fleeting hope. It's not a desire that, oh, I, I wish, I want. But it's an assurance of we have this hope that God's lavished his love on us. In Romans 5.8 we find these words. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have this hope that during the middle of a pandemic or the beginning of a pandemic or the trailer of 2021, we have this hope that God wins. That God has lavished his love on us. That while we were still sinners, God said we can have this peace and this assurance that we can go before him confidently with great courage, that we do not have to be filled with shame or guilt, but because God knows the end and because we know God, we can have faith to know that he is in control God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us, not just so that we could say, oh, now I get to go to heaven, but so we can live each day knowing this peace that we can share with others, the unknown, the uncertainty, the frustration, the battle, the struggle, knowing this election is coming up and we want to vote this way and we want the country to go this way and we want these things to happen. Make sure you vote, but make sure your faith is in Jesus. Make sure that whether it's trial and tribulation, struggle and temptation, that you turn your thoughts to Jesus. That when the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is all consuming and all you care about is yourself and what you feel is yours, open your hands and give to Jesus and say, Jesus, I give it to you because that's my confidence. That's where I do not have shame. That's where I can come to you and not feel guilty, but I know your conviction. 
So as we close, I thank you for sticking with me as we didn't have the background screen. I guess that's good at times to make sure I know my notes and I'm not just cheating with the different prompts. But we can know that God certainly loves us and he's here for us. And he's not just here for us, but he's here for us to love our neighbors, that our love of God and his love for them might compel them or you if you're watching or for those that say, you know, I'm not a Christian. Um, I'd like to believe in Jesus, but it just seems too far-fetched. What if we Christians started to live in such a way that it compelled those that were wavering that just maybe, just maybe Jesus is true and real and that he loves them because he loves you and Jesus loves me. And he loves us and he says that we all can know his salvation. So as we conclude First Chronicles 4.10, it's the prayer of Jabez. It was married popular a few years ago in a book, The Prayer of Jabez. And Jabez is an Old Testament character, real-life character that said these words. Jabez cried out to God and he said, Oh, that you, God, would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let you, God, let your hand, Jesus, be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Oh, Jesus, that our influence would impact others for your sake and your glory. May you give great freedom and healing and restoration to those that feel far from you. That we would not look at the third quarter score, but we would look to the end and live in celebration and victory and know that you have won and in you we are more than conquerors. You love us so much. We thank you, Jesus. As we conclude, I encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, Google or Apple Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan. Not so that you can go back and hear my voice, but maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit, hopefully I pray, my desire is that he will use his word that I spoke, that I shared, that we... Uh, exposed through a study Bible, deeper meanings of what sometimes we read just surface level would impact us in a deeper and, and fresh way. So um, if you have time, if you can make time, please share with others the love of Jesus and thank those that shared his love with you because God is good and God loves us. He is for us and he will never leave us or forsake us. Know his love and know that we can go confident and unashamed before him. My name is Pastor Jeff. Well, actually, my name is Jeff Fuller. The email is pastor at hopefulvermont.org. Know that we love you and we're praying for you. We are with you because we are the church and God is for us. Thanks all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you would be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.